Welcome along to uh, the latest Forever Blue. We're looking back on the Everton game today, ahead to Dinamo Zagreb in midweek. Uh, and whatever else takes our fancy, really. I'm Ian Cheeseman, and with me are three of the regular members of the Forever Blue squad. Uh, but before I introduce them, thanks very much to charleslouis.co.uk, who are chartered mortgage advisors and who are the sponsors of the podcast for the entire season. Thanks very much to them and to Dave, who's uh, the supremo of charleslouis.co.uk. And if you've got any uh, questions or any requirements regarding the mortgage, thinking of buying a house or you've got parents who are perhaps wanting to... Uh, release equity from a mortgage, anything like that, then contact them, charleslouis.co.uk, and I'm sure that Dave will be delighted to help you. So thanks very much to them. Now, the squad today um, are Harlan, who is a regular voice not only on the podcast, but from time to time on the vlogs that I do. Matty, who is part of City Matters, so a very influential voice behind the scenes at Manchester City. And Paul, uh, who's, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know how to build you up, really. Um, yeah, that was great. But, that, yeah, but yeah, 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 and, and Paul. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> obviously we can start with uh, with the Everton game. There's also the Preston match uh, that, that happened before that when we saw a couple of the young lads, in particular um, uh, Taylor Harwood-Bellis, who was relatively unknown to people who only watched the first team, uh, making his debut. saw Eric Garcia, Adrian Bernabe and Phil Foden, who was fit again and played a full 90 minutes in that game. And City won 3-0 and there were five, 6,000 behind the goal, which from a, a City Matters perspective, will no doubt have delighted Matty because it meant a lot more people who sometimes can't get tickets for away games could be there. Uh, and and it was uh, it, I mean obviously from my perspective it was a it was unusual ground so it was great to be able to vlog about Tom Finney and all sorts of other things that are connected to Preston North End so it was a good night all round and since then we've seen Taylor Harwood Bellis at the game at Everton um, <laughs> uh, cheering the team on as if he's uh, the most passionate fan in the world which I think he is uh, it comes from his granddad um, and and I know his dad Martin very well anyway so I know he's a he's a proper blue so Taylor Harwood Bellis has done himself no harm by doing that no. um, so let, let's just briefly go back to that Preston game what, what did you think then of the, the four young players or any anything else that comes from that game that you want to talk about yeah, I, thought, I thought it was a fantastic performance and you know um, everything I expected um, from that game you know I expected us to start a few of the younger lads um, and you know we were all I don't know if we all were but I was, I was definitely calling for maybe one of them two to get the nod um, before we realised that Fernandinho was going to uh, partner Otamendi at the back because I think they're both ready. Um, Talking about the with, two central defenders, yeah. yeah. One worry with Garcia was was the height, um, but didn't seem to bother him in the Preston game. He, when Nugent came on, they seemed to deal with him quite well and he's very physical, good header of a ball as well, so they dealt with him okay. And Howard Bellis, I saw him in the Youth Cup final last season, Ian. Um, you know, I was going to go to that anyway. You convinced me to go to it, went to it. Um, and saw a fantastic game of football and saw Taylor um, play for the first time live and loved what I saw, spoke to his, his mum and dad afterwards um, and I've got massive hopes for him and like you said he's not done himself any harm as with the fans because <laughs> we all love a die hard blue and when he takes to the pitch if he's going to play like he's a fan he's not going to go wrong is he? Not really. What did you think, Paul? Absolutely, yeah. I just, um, you know, it was a perfect piece of... I don't think he set it up as being PR, did he? But it was just perfect to see it in the crowd, like Vincent Company did, I think, on a few occasions. Um, yeah, I just I just think out of them two, I think the, the, the defenders that were in the squad um, were the standout 
young players in it. Um, I hate to say it because you can get a right roasting for it, can't you? But I just don't think Phil Foden at the moment is ready enough to play in our first team on a regular basis. It's a very unpopular opinion, I know. I love the lad to pieces, but realistically, I don't think he's quite there yet. Well, well he, he had an opportunity on, on that occasion, I must say, to really stamp his authority on the game. Mm. And mm. The, the players who caught the headlines were the two central defenders, which you've already highlighted, Harlan. And actually, when Bernabe came on, even though he only came on the second half, I actually thought he made a really big impact when he came on. And while you're talking about Foden, one of the things I, I noticed about that was, and what I've noticed a little bit when he's played recently, is that he seems to be pushing himself a lot further forward, almost as a as a second striker in the positions mm. he takes up, rather than in that position that everybody assumes, or a lot of fans are assuming, he will eventually play, which is to replace David Silva. But David Silva doesn't play quite as high up the field. And I looked at, at one incident at Preston, when I can't remember who the player was who was breaking through midfield, may may well have been Kevin De Bruyne, but either, uh, and obviously I was behind the goal with all the fans, so it was running towards me, and Gabriel Jesus had taken up a position to my left on City's right, and Phil Foden had taken up a place on the left. And the selection of the midfielder was to go to Jesus, who then had a shot, which I think ended up in the side netting or whatever. And as I looked back and I saw Phil Foden turn round, he was he was sort of furious. So now there's nothing wrong with him being furious mm. if, if he wanted the ball, mm. but but there was the the body language was sort of this was my chance to score. I think I, that that's the danger with Foden. I think that because his playtime is so limited. When he does get a chance, he feels almost like he has yeah. to try too hard to to make an impact because with the defenders, their job is just to defend and they don't have to do anything special. They just have to make sure the ball stays out of the net. I know it's obviously not as simple as that, especially in a Pep Guardiola system. They still have to play football, but I think it's a lot easier for them to do a good mm -hmm. job. Whereas with Foden, I feel like he feels like there's pressure on him to perform because he he is getting limited chances and of course he's going to because he's got fantastic world-class midfielders ahead of and him that's the problem so it is going to be so difficult for him but I, I don't I don't worry at all about him I think when he started against Tottenham at the end of last season he scored a goal I think he played quite well in the game so it's just about us thinking of him as just a first team player rather than this young player who needs to get a chance he mm. just needs to be looked at the same way Gundogan does mm. when he comes in but I feel like he thinks there's pressure on him and maybe that's why he was frustrated because he thinks I need to make a statement here so that Pep sees me and gives me more of a chance so it is difficult but I think the, the two defenders played brilliantly in the game I think um, Garcia is probably the one who will come in if, if we are to move Fernandinho into the midfielder. I think Howard Bellis does look a good prospect and I was excited by them both um, against Preston, but I think Garcia is the one who's probably a little bit ahead of him, but from a City fan point of view, we'd love to see Howard Bellis come through a City, oh, City lad who just wears the heart on his sleeve. You, you, you want that and yeah, it'd be great to, see, great to see either of them come through, to be fair. You mentioned, Harlan, about Eric Garcia's height yep. and ironically, uh, I suppose Fernandinho falls into the same ca mm -hmm. category of being not this six foot five or whatever centre-back yep. that, that you might want. How, how do you, how, all three of you, I mean, how do you feel that Fernandinho has played now that he's been selected as a centre-back? It's, it's, it's exciting to see a player at 34 looking like 
they've always played in a position that they've not always played in. We both, well, we all know that Fernandinho started off as a central attacking midfielder. Um, he was at Shakhtar, he was playing an attacking midfield role. We were the team that, that, that put him in that holding role and, and now he's gone even further back. And to to find a player that versatile in today's market, you're not going to find somebody that, that can play in two or more positions. He's, he's, he looks natural at centre-half and it's not often that... that, that well, it is often because Premier, a lot of Premier League sides whip crosses in, play over the top, especially when you play a side like Leicester that like to play Vardy in behind. You are going to need a bit of height, but Otamendi loves getting up and heading balls away. Fernandinho's probably the more composed football playing central defender, so I think it works with them too. It does, it does, it does work, and he excites me, Fernandinho at centre half. It's not going to be a long term thing because I prefer him holding midfield. But yeah, I, I'm a little bit concerned by it to be honest. I think. I agree with you to a certain extent that Fernandinho, he can do a job in that role, but when I saw him against Everton, I thought that centre-back partnership is not going to win City a league title. And if Stones is out for a while, Laporte is not going to be back till the new year, that that centre-back partnership concerns me a little bit. It's not necessarily a criticism of either of them, but I just think there was a, a few times where Everton got in so easily. There was one chip through ball and Sigurdsson tried to volley it over Edison. And then there was one in the second half, Edison made a great save. I think they're the ones that concern me. In games like Watford, perfect. Fernandinho's perfect in that game because he can play out from the back. And he, he does look natural in that position. But I just think them two together is, is going to be a concern going forward in games where attacks might threaten us more. Their goal, actually, and I'm Fernandinho's biggest fan, trust me. Me too. I, me too. I, I think he's, he's a magnificent footballer. But when I look at the goal that we conceded at Everton, Fernandinho didn't look like a defender in that position. You know, he wanted to play it out as a footballer where somebody else might have whacked it clear. And whilst we all want to watch this perfect brand of footballer that, that uh, Pep wants to play as well, Sometimes it does need a foot through it, doesn't it? And, and Harwood Bellis, even though he's only a young kid, probably would have put a foot through it, wouldn't he? And uh, mm. and certainly I get the feeling that Laporte would have done that and I'm certain company would have oh, done yeah, that. Um, so, yeah, I can see that. What, what do you think of Fernando? Um, these games where he's going to be perfect, he's like he said, but I think when we come in for the aerial onslaught or, you know, once, once we get further into the season, if we're going to have to stick with him, teams are going to suss it out. I think teams will suss out that you know Fernandinho is great at certain things, and he he, he reads the game so well, so we can get away with a lot because he'll anticipate what's going to happen. Um, but I think as the season goes on, he'll he, he could get caught out a little bit as he did against. Matty's just Everton. brought up a, a point about you know not wanting this to be the long term solution and not believing it will be if we're to retain the title. Um, I mean, I I looked at that performance at Everton. And although it was a 3-1 win, and anybody watching the highlights will just say, yeah, another great win, everything went perfectly well. Uh, but if you were at the game or you watched the full 90 minutes and, and really studied it, I thought we, we, we dodged one, really. I mean, Edison Definitely. made two great saves, uh, vital saves, and you can argue, well... Edison's part of the team, so it's, that's not luck. That's because you've got a good goalkeeper. But the fact is that, uh, that I thought... 3-1 in the end uh, last thing I wanted to be is negative by the way guys but I actually thought that 3-1 flattered City a little bit and that 
you know, a little bit worried me. I thought City played better at Everton, for example, in the corresponding fixture last season. And I don't think Everton are as good as they were last season. So that that's a little alarm bell going off. And, and I'm going to reiterate something which I know isn't popular, a bit like your Phil Foden comment, but I still think that, and, and particularly yesterday, because Gundogan was, was playing, and I'm, a, and I'm a fan of Gundogan as well, by the way, that uh, Rodri and Gundogan as two players who who seem to pass sideways and slow, slow the, the tempo of the game down qu- quite a lot and can both sit quite deep is a little bit of an issue for me because I think City play far better mm. when they're on the front foot, on the toes, pushing forward and taking the pressure off the defence. Well, one thing I was going to say before we even moved on to the performance at Everton, Ian, was the thing that we spoke about two weeks ago on the podcast and that's Rodri, maybe, maybe being a centre well, playing as a centre-half and having Fernandino in front, not only to bring that tempo, but to bring that ruthlessness when the opposition are on the counter-attack, the guy that's going to break up the play. Rodri put in a fantastic tackle yesterday that got penalised and he got a yellow card <laughs> yeah. for it. Oh, that I was unbelievable. How, that, how but that if could... that's at centre-half, uh, <laughs> yeah. then he gives a penalty away, but he doesn't really give a penalty away because it wasn't a bad challenge. No. But it seems to me like his way of playing, uh, you know, we play out from the back, sometimes we play out at pace, sometimes we play out with composure and, and at a slower tempo. Maybe Fernandinho in midfield and Rodri at the back, which is something that I don't think Pep's ruled out at all, that could be a possibility and that could almost solve not only the height thing, but also the tempo thing at, at the same time. It's only my opinion. I mean, I, I, you know, I'm not claiming I'm, <coughs> I know it all or I'm, I'm right, but that's my opinion. <laughs> I think you are right though like you don't want to be negative after a win but i think we we were lucky to come away from that with a 3-1 win but i guess the the counter argument to that is they're the type of games that if you can win without playing well that's what makes a champion but i said the same when liverpool won yesterday they weren't very good but they still managed to get the win and i think they're not going to drop a lot of points this season and i think we're going to have to rely on our attack a lot especially in the next few months i know most of the games we looked at and we said the the most winnable aren't they there's not a lot of big games in there I think Liverpool Stones will be back for Liverpool but then do we really trust Stones and Otamendi as a partnership against Liverpool so six it, out the it next seven I think are at home aren't they yeah. City yeah. so really we, we should be fine but it, it does concern me a little bit but I think there were positives Mares thought it was brilliant oh he was sensational yesterday, yesterday. That's fantastic his, that was his best performance for City by a mile wasn't yeah. it yeah. and I think he's probably one of the first names on the sheet now isn't he who would have thought we'd be saying that at the, at the end of last season I don't, I don't season. think it's been negative to be honest I think He's being realistic. He's being realistic, yeah. and I think that's what we always try to do on this show. Is 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 is. Yeah. that. So we. Yeah. Oh, we've just, just brought just a new guest into the room. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I don't think it's been negative. I think it's just being honest. Um, you know, we're discussing the game yesterday, and you know, we're not being alarmist. We're not being negative. We're just saying what we saw. You know, it's like my mm. comment about Phil Foden. It's not being <coughs> negative. I'm just saying what I think mm. and what I see. It's my opinion. It's Ian's, it's, it's Alan's, and it's yours, Matty. So, um, you know, mo- moving forward, though, I think these next, you know, we've got some relatively easy games, haven't we, coming up the next few weeks. On paper. On paper, obviously, <laughs> yeah. You have just tempted fate there, haven't I? Um, but, no, we've got some games coming up, so... You know, we've got a chance to not experiment, but just settle these players in and these few formations, changes that he needs to do. So, you know, we'll see what happens. It'd so. be interesting to see if he did 
bring Garcia in for one of these games, maybe Champions League or, or League mm. Cup next round, probably more likely. But sometimes you just... I, I'm caught in two minds because I think when Rashford got thrown in at United, he scored two goals on his debut against Arsenal. It's like sometimes if you just throw a player in at the deep end, you, they either swim or sink, yeah. and it, and that's sometimes what you need. And it is a it is a, a bit of a gamble because it's a huge step up from playing Preston away to playing in a, a Premier League match is a huge step up. So whether or not they can do it, Pep's the best man for that. He'll know whether or not they can. But I remember reading something interesting about Garcia going up to Pep before the Watford game. Mentioned, did you hear about this? Yeah, yeah I saw that. He yeah. mentioned that he'd noticed something in Watford's formation, and Pep used it, which is a, that's a great mentality for you. That shows yeah. how switched on he is, and that that was, was it, impressive. Was he, he, didn't, he didn't know if they were playing four in midfield or five. Yeah, I think he's he like spying on and him. And he, he noticed, didn't he? But just yeah. to, 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 to know that an 18-year-old lad is is not only tactically astute in his mind and can not only concentrate on his own warm-up but spot what the other manager's doing as well. And confident enough to go up to the manager and, they go, and, and they the manager being Pep Guardiola yeah, and on. say, yeah. this is... That's it. Well, you know, on the Everton game as well, you touched on Mares, Matt. Um, listen, we all we all love Mares in our own way. Um, you know, I defended him a lot last season and, you know, I got a few comments on Twitter saying, well, you know, I don't think he's going to do much this, that and the other and everyone's entitled to an opinion. But I just saw something in Mares last <laughs> season it was just... It was just an inch or, he was or lacking, two. He was lacking confidence. Was, he's a me. confidence player, Mares, and mm. now he's managed to get his head around the way that we play and what's demanded of him. He can still do what he always wanted to do and cut inside, but only at the right times, and he's got his timing right on that now. But he's also, exactly added, when he he's also added that energy in terms of closing plays down. There was a great example yeah. highlighted on Match of the Day, which they didn't show him full, actually. Nine times where he, he won the ball back. Yeah, but he chased around or and eight. hunted somebody down, and I thought... This is very different from Mares now. We're starting to see yeah. the full player, mm. the, the Pep version, if you like. Yeah. Well, that's like Bernardo. Bernardo Silva, first season, we were sort of thinking he's struggling to settle in. He wasn't really starting a lot of the games. And then you could see him slowly adapting to the way Pep wants him to play. And Bernardo is brilliant at pressing the ball, winning it back, and doing what Mares is starting to do now. So I think, I, I don't think it was harsh to criticise him last season because I think. He was poor by the by the incredible standards that are set. I think he did deserve some of the criticism, but obviously it was over the top. It was, um, oh God, it's Mara. He's just the easy Terrible person ones. to blame. But I think now we're starting to see the player that we <clears> signed <throat> and the player that Pep wanted to bring in and the player who's worth £60 million and hopefully he can just carry on starting games and playing that same way. Well, on Mahrez as well, I mean, on a football pitch, trust is a massive thing, especially between players. You know, if, you, if you're Bernardo Silva, you're David Silva, you're Kevin De Bruyne, you lend the ball to another player to, to, to help the team progress up the pitch and eventually score a goal, fingers crossed, if everything comes off the way it should. And to release that ball, you've got to be 90% sure that the player that you're passing it to is going to look after it that you're lending the ball to him and they're going to take care of it. And players didn't want to give Mahrez the ball last year. I remember a game where it was January time, I think. Kevin De Bruyne was losing it with Mahrez a lot during they the game. The they were not on the same wave whatsoever. Kevin was throwing his arms in the air. Mahrez was having a, having a rant at him. And Kevin didn't trust Mahrez and he didn't want to give him the ball. And that was affecting us going forward because even when Mahrez was in a better position, De Bruyne didn't want to give him the ball. You give him the ball now, no matter how, you fizz it into him, you knock it over the top, you spray a ball 60, 70 yards, his touch is outrageously good. Touch, Anna, yeah. That guy could pluck a chicken without looking. <laughs> <laughs> Put it that way. Like he is he is a tremendous That is the quote of the week. I he think. is, he is a tremendous um you know 
caresser of a ball, if you want to call it that. He looks after it, he touches it, and it's all in one move. The best ones from Mahrez. Paul's laughing, he's, I know you can't get it. He, his he could be it. a pheasant plucker, is what could he's be. saying, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Oh, please don't go down this but, but <laughs> The best ones from Mahrez are the ones where he'll take the ball and move the ball in one move and then whip it in. So he doesn't have to take a touch, knock it out, and whip it. It's all one move. It's just flowing. And here's another. Here's well, another. How many, ani- how many animals can you get into a car? He had whippets. He had chickens. He had. He had all sorts. Well, you've of got stuff. your hat on today, which makes you look <laughs> yeah. like you'd have a whippet. Uh, what I was going to say about Mara's as well is that um, you know just talked about his, his his instant control. Obviously, scored that free kick and some some great passes and insightfulness. One of the things I thought about him perhaps uh, last season when he wasn't at this level was that he actually slowed things down and. Did didn't get the ball moving forward. He didn't do that yesterday. He was very much on the front foot looking to play it forward. So in the same way, when I look at Rodri and I have this minor criticism of him at the moment of slowing things mm-hmm. down, I can see because, as Matty said, you know, Bernardo took time, Mares has took time. I can see a time when Rodri will play exactly the right way. Yeah. It's only now, as he's easing into this team, that maybe he is slightly slowing things down, which is not... I think right at the moment, but I don't want to sound like I'm being overcritical because I can see a lot of qualities in him. Yeah, it was a cracking free kick as well, weren't it? The way he, the way he whipped it around the wall. I mean, I'm not saying I'm a fortune teller or anything, but I, I was, I was sat there with Jess watching it, and I said to her, "I hope Mara's hits this because I can see him putting it." It flew like a dove through the like air. Like a didn't dove it? through the air. We've got to bring it's another beautiful. bird into, haven't yeah. we? The keeper <laughs> leaps like a salmon. He did, but he didn't get near it, did he? And I bet he was sick as a parrot. Mm. <laughs> right. and, uh, me, me, me dad was actually telling me that Pickford used to be a, a removal company, didn't they? Yeah. Um, a very efficient mover, apparently they were. Um, well, Jordan wasn't, was he? Not on that occasion, no. <laughs> now, I want to talk a little bit later on about uh, the, the Champions League. However, um, you talked about possibly bringing in players to the Champions League. If we look at the way this group is at the moment, City have got an away win uh, at Shakhtar Donetsk, and you would imagine that the home game after 6-0 last year should be a relatively straightforward game. Um, Atalanta, of course, we won't know about for a little while yet, but Zagreb thumped them in their opening game. Mm. So my feeling is that if City get a good victory against Zagreb on Tuesday night, then I wouldn't say they're through, because obviously mathematically they're not, but they're a huge step towards it. So that opens up the possibility, because a City continue on in the League Cup, home to Southampton, placing the quarter-finals up for grabs. You don't want to throw that one away. So if there's going to be a place for experimental um, team selection, is it going to maybe be in the last two or three games of the group? 100%. 100%, like we did against... Basel a few years ago. I mean, that was that was in the knockout stages, um, and that wasn't faulty against Basel, was it? Well, it, it wasn't. Oh, oh, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> oh no! Uh, he's put, I love faulty towers as well. Look, it's you that said Basel. I know, yeah, Basel, yeah, Basel uh, or Basel, uh, FC Basel. Uh, it's it's Baal. Yeah, FC Baal actually. Yeah, Baal. yeah. roll Baal. Um, so yeah, uh, FC Baal. So when we played them, obviously it's too late to carry on. We, show this. Know, we we <laughs> carry we, on now. We rested players, didn't we? <laughs> we rested players in the second leg of the tie because we were already through. It was a dead rubber, um, and we could do that then. But you were going to pull out something, then, weren't you, Paul? No. <laughs> and I, um, and I just, I just, 
I was like, a dead like, rubber chicken. Dead rubber chicken. <laughs> I like to. That's where you were going with that, wasn't it, Paul? Yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah, <laughs> pull me out of that one. He's a muppet, this fella, isn't he? Yeah. Prestige. Yeah, he's humouring. Um, but yeah, so going back to the Baal game, can you remember what you were talking yeah, about? Can yeah, you? Uh, I tried throwing it, but it was not having any of it. We, we rested players, didn't we? And, and we, we we tried something because we knew it was a dead rubber. And if we are through, it's the best time to do it because you know. We want to see what people can do against good sides because if we are playing, say, Atalanta, who do we play last in? Is it? Uh, I think it is Atlanta, Atalanta. Atalanta, actually. Isn't Atalanta, it? Atalanta yeah. So against them, it'd be a, you know, they're not a bad side. Finished third in Serie A last season. Um, probably lost to Zagreb because they had one eye on the fixture at the weekend or something. Inter are smashing it over there as well at the moment, so they want to stay in touch. Um, and I, I really didn't think they'd get beat from you know by Zagreb, and it was a thumping victory. But I don't mm. think we can judge them on Zagreb beating them. Even if we beat Zagreb, we've got to be wary of Atlanta because if you underestimate a team and get stung by them, look silly, don't you? Well, I can see Atlanta sinking to the bottom of the ocean. It's Atalanta that we're playing, not yeah, Atlanta, Atalanta. But anyway, yeah. Uh, right, let, let, now this is where, ironically, it is <coughs> us laughing and joking at... At, uh, at our own expense uh, and obviously one of the big subjects of the week has been uh, the potential at least that's what the tabloids would have us believe six match ban for Bernardo Silva now I didn't really want to broach this subject last week when it was at its early stages because frankly I thought it was it was just a ridiculous thing to talk about and and it, and and I didn't see what what why we needed to talk about it but because it's continued on because all the questions have continued on uh, because um, he himself Bernardo has had to write to the FA and so too was as uh, Mr Mendy, you know, to give his side of it. We've heard from different people like Raheem Sterling yesterday after the game when he was talking at length about it. Uh, from John Barnes, who's been a big campaigner, ironically kick it out, uh, the, the anti-racist organisation, uh, has actually been quite critical. So I'm, I, I can't deny that I'm a little bit bemused and confused here. Mm. Um, we also heard Pep on at the press conference ahead of the game against Everton uh, giving a character reference for Bernardo Silva. Mm. Now, I can't claim to know Bernardo very well. I've met him briefly and everything I observe about him is he's an impeccable uh, human being and it seems that him and Benjamin Mendy are big mates. Now, before you three give your views, I mean, all I can say is that uh, when I saw that tweet uh, that, 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 was, that went up from Bernardo Silva, uh, my immediate reaction was, this will cause problems and he'll get in trouble. Not because I thought yeah. it should be, or that that, that that was my reaction to it, but just knowing the world that we live in these days and how sensitive people are and how everybody reacts to the, the very slightest mm. thing. I mean, I know this is slightly, you know, off the mark here, but there was also, and we won't go into this one in detail because it's not a football issue, but there was a, a breakfast time presenter on the BBC, uh, a lady who uh, has got herself into trouble um, for basically giving her opinion on a racist comment that was made by the American president. And so when you live in a world where something like that is such a big story... That when you put that all into perspective, mm. Bernardo's comment was going to create a reaction, yeah. even though personally, I don't think there was anything wrong with what he did. That's what I thought straight away, though. Like, when I saw the tweet, I was like, oh, come on, <clears throat> Bernardo. Like, even though I don't personally feel 
offended by it. I, I, I'm fully aware that we're sat here as four white males who've probably never, well, we've never experienced racism personally in our lives. So it's not for us to tell people they shouldn't be offended by it. Obviously, I didn't think it was, but at the time I thought, Bernardo, why don't you just put that in your WhatsApp group chat with him? Like, you don't need to post that on social media. I don't know if it's a different culture over there where they see things maybe as slightly more jokey, that they don't take that as seriously, I don't know. But I think to vilify Bernardo as like a racist or something, I completely, he, there's no chance that, if, if the person he's saying it about doesn't find it offensive, he knows Bernardo better than anyone else in that situation. He knows the intent behind it. So, context. Yeah, exactly. Without con I mean, context is taken out of everything these days. But I think City didn't handle it very well. I don't think the whole the P PR side of it, we didn't handle it very well. But what well, would you I, have I do, done differently then? I just think that they should have just come out and said, Bernardo apologises for his action. I don't think I understand Pep being passionate about defending his players, but. I think he should have just said that it was wrong. He should have said that Bernardo was wrong to tweet that, not come out and say, oh, it happens with white people all the time getting compared to people. Even though I might not disagree with it, I think f from a football club's point of view, you've just got to come out and, and look at that as what it is. But uh, the problem yeah, but is that it's Man City. And that, that adds to it. Like There was a comment Carragher made about Lescott, which I've seen going around, where he was like, oh, you're not wearing any pants. That that's shocking, like because Lescott was wearing brown pants. It's like no one made anything of that at the time, and it almost feels like I don't want to make this sound like it's an agenda against City, but it almost feels like because it's a Man City player, it's been made worse than it is. When Suarez was actually racist to um, Evra, Liverpool players wore shirts supporting uh, Suarez. Can you imagine if City had done that with mm. Bernardo Silva? So well, I feel like shirts, didn't we, yesterday? exactly just, just just for the cause, just to kind of reiterate the <coughs> fact that. We don't support racist behaviour in any capacity, and that no. we, all, we all know that Bernardo's not a racist. But you know, I'm 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 a, I'm a white British male, 25. There you go, Paul, 25. I say, what is it, Tinder now? Uh, <laughs> I don't go on Tinder, do I? Obviously, I'm married, <laughs> well, practically married anyway. But yeah, um, so I've been called Jimmy Neutron for years because I had a big, massive quiff when I was at college. I had a group of friends that were black, Asian, um, you know. Um, Caucasian, I had people from Italy, people from all over the place um, that were friends of mine, you know, that I loved and that were all part of the friendship group. And no matter which one was calling me Jimmy Neutron, I never reacted differently to either of them because it was a white cartoon character mm. that had a big quiff and I didn't take offence to it. And I understand where Pep was coming from, but I also agree with Matty that that maybe shouldn't be coming from the gaffer of the club because all it needs now is for someone to look at what Yaya Torre <laughs> said again and then Pep be called racist himself, saying that he's defending white players over black players, and then you've got a whole different argument on your hands. When I asked you about should City have done something different, one of the things that went through my mind was, I know Mendy's written to the FA in private, yeah. but I wondered whether that should have been public. Mm. Should it? I mean, I don't know. That's, it's just something <clears throat> that's been in my mind. I'd, I'd love to, to hear it from Mendy's mouth what he thought of it all. And that may have been very powerful in the PR um, situation to you know, to get that out there because we don't know yeah. what he said, well, do we? Or, seems, or am I wrong on it that? It just seems like Pep's comments sort of escalated the situation rather than just sort of 
putting it putting it to bed, it sort of made things worse. And then there was the video of Bernardo where he said, "Oh look, Mendy's not wearing any clothes because he was wearing black clothes." And that sort of added fuel to the fire as well. And in context, it's a joke between two friends. Neither are offended, but. Just because Mendy isn't offended doesn't mean other people can't be offended, yeah. especially in, in the world that we live in now, people love to be offended. And I'm not going to say that anyone's wrong for being offended, but I, I personally wasn't, but I can I, I can see why people are, but I think to, to ban him is ridiculous. To, to ban a player for making a joke with his friend is ridiculous in my opinion, but people will disagree and that's the world we live in. God, there's so much to, so much to say, really. Um, Going back to how City should have dealt with it better, why I don't understand how they could have dealt with it better. If they, if Pep's come out and said what he thought to be honestly true, City are backing the player they thought was honestly true. I saw the tweet when it first came out, and there wasn't many likes behind it or anything when I first saw it, and I, I actually thought, yeah, it does look like Mendy, because it does. Let's have it right. I've seen the picture. It looks like Mendy. John Barnes has said it even looks like Mendy when he was a kid. So why why should Pep come out and, and lie just to appease people? That's that's not you know if if Pep believes what he, Pep doesn't lie, he's come out, he said what he thought. Why should he lie just to make you know to it's to not, brush not it off? Lying. And let, it's a PR stunt then. That's what it is. He's not lying, but he's I come just out think, and been honest. Yeah, but I just think he's he's sort of trying to make. A joke of the situation rather than like seeing how people are taking it seriously he's not considering that I'm not saying that yeah, but he, he's he, wrong he, by what he's, he's saying he's, but I'm saying to, to put the situation to bed it would have been easier to just say look yeah but it would have been easier but it, we can all take the easy way out we can all take the easy way out but he's made a stand he's turned around and basically said it's like somebody saying like you know did you murder someone and I'm going uh, I didn't do it yeah, but just just take the rap. You'll only get four years in prison. Just just say you did, yeah. and we'll get a deal for you. If you didn't murder someone and you weren't guilty, you'd, yeah, he's got I, nothing. Not, he's got not nothing to defend. Come out and go, oh, Bernardo's a racist. That, I'm not saying that. No, because he's not. No, exactly. No, what I'm saying that, is there's nothing wrong with him saying defending Bernardo. He did. Yeah, exactly. There's nothing wrong. So with what that. else is he meant to say? That Bernardo should have considered his actions before he tweeted it. Yeah, he should understand enough. that some people will find that offensive. <clears throat> and the other side of the coin is, I hate that people are trying to make out that mm. people should be offended. Like they, I'm not saying people shouldn't be offended, but there are like the Sky Sports presenter was trying to make out like John Barnes should be offended. Yeah, yeah. it's like it's, it's his own opinion. Yeah, if he doesn't find it He's, offensive, you shouldn't be trying to uh, um, force him to. Unless be. let's have it right. We've got um, we've got Raheem Sterling. I know he's his teammate. He's defending him now. He's he's the the the, the poster boy, shall we say? That's a wrong terms. I know I'm using, but he's he's like the poster boy of the modern kick it out thing. What happened to him with the press? Mm. Vilified in the press, abused by all the press. Now that's racism. If you flick that back, then you've got John Barnes, who in the eighties had banana skins thrown at him, the monkey chance, the disgusting, proper, which you know I see as proper disgusting racism. He had all that. Now, for him to come out and defend, to defend Bernardo, and for you know, to, you've got two people there who are massive advocates and defenders of racism to come out and defend him. To me, as a white person who's never been abused in that kind of manner racially, you've got to take that on board, haven't you? You know, the, the people I see out there at the moment who are having a real go at uh, Bernardo, uh, the media, 
uh, and Scousers. You go all over Twitter, go all over Facebook, and there's the agendas there. If it had been somebody else, this wouldn't be happening. I'm mm. sorry, it, it wouldn't. Know, it's been blown you know, up. Do you know what, as well, guys? Looking at it, looking at it from more of a playing perspective, as well. He is such an outstanding, outstanding footballer that is right at the top of his game at the moment, and this has come at the wrong time for Bernardo because he's actually he's actually starting to become one of the best all-round attacking players in the final third across the whole country, uh, across the whole country, across the whole planet, um, across the whole country without a doubt. For me, one of the best all-round attacking players in the league without a shadow of a doubt, one of the best in the world, and he's just started to kind of crack the, the ice in, 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 in the European game where people are actually going, he's actually one of the best in the world, one of the best in Europe, and this has come, and it's just... Such bad timing. Yeah, but is it bad timing or is it the fact that the people have, are jumping on it to make this bigger than it is? Probably probably to try, what do you mean, to try and try sabotage? No, try and unsettle him. Yeah, to try and sabotage this progression, mm-hmm. basically. Well, could be. I mean, obviously, one of you touched on the, you know, there might be an immediate agenda here. Me, the media... You know, is it smelling blood in the water, and is it thinking here? You know, is a way to 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 create this uh, um, um, and blow this up into a bigger story, or you know, I'm guessing I already know your answer to this, or you know, from what you've said, but you know, should it not, should should Bernardo not take this on the chin and accept that he's made a a mistake, a misjudgment in the modern world that we live in, and take the six match ban if that's what it's going to be? Although to me. Any type of a ban yeah. uh, seems uh, outrageous. It's um, not just going to be six matches, though, is it, Ian? Do you know what I mean? He's going to have to. He's going to have this. Hey, listen, you don't so know. Mate, so, so I suppose what I'm getting at here is, mm. is that an agenda? Is that is that an agenda? Is that do you do you really do you think? And, and we haven't got a, a journalist to ask this to the ones who've been writing the stories. But have they been speaking to the FA? Do you think they think they're getting wind of of a potential six match ban, Probably. or is this just flying a kite because because they've got a negative <laughs> is it agenda? True that they didn't ask Pepper a question about the game after no Sky that... Sky interviewed him after the game and it wasn't one mention of the game itself it was all about this wow there was well Sterling was put on the spot as well weren't he obviously after the game to talk about Bernardo Silva and not the performance and well there I think you go to, again that, that to says put Sterling on the spot after a game immediately after a game when he's he's, he's knackered he's running his socks off um, you know he's fatigued and he yeah, just wants that, to evaluate does, the game. Doesn't that make it even more impressive what Sterling said? Yeah, exactly. Because he didn't have a chance to rehearse it. He just got out there and said what he thought. That wasn't, you know, that wasn't premeditated. Um, this, I mean, is what, I, I, this is I was, where Raz has grown, then, isn't it? Not just well, on the pitch, off it as well. Well, it's because that's what he believes, and it, you know, you, you can tell when somebody's lying, and he wasn't lying. He's telling, he's telling it from the heart. It wasn't, wasn't made up or anything. I mean, I'm looking at some of the stuff that the press are putting out and. I think it was uh, Oliver Holt or some of this today, and he was like, he seems to be really campaigning for it. And I'm just thinking, where was you defending? Where were all this, this, you know, this racism things coming from? Where was all it when you were writing stories about Sterling and all the rest of it? Didn't exist. Didn't exist. You've just washed that away. Oh, let's let's have a go at let's have a go at Bernardo now. And and it's mad as well when you compare what's going on in this country to other leagues across the world. I'm sure we all saw Absolutely. the Lukaku and the the Moisekin who now plays for Everton when he was at Juventus last season. He he was in he was in well he was, in, he was almost in tears was in tears I'm sure he was and, and internally I'm guessing he was he was he was dying and creasing up inside when 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 he went away from home with Juventus. Lukaku away from home again steps up to take a penalty. Monkey chance galore. You know what I mean? Monkey chance galore from the crowd. Horrendous, horrendous atmosphere inside that stadium. Puts the penalty away, 
and then he's being criticised for reacting <laughs> to the fans with his hands behind his ears yeah, exactly. as if he's inviting it and if he, as if he's advocating it causing it and you've just got to look at it and go well they come back with oh there wasn't enough evidence of any racism <laughs> that, that's what's embarrassing and, to me well like, where's the evidence that, that Bernardo Silva was racist so let's kick, let's, let's kick it out start investigating that kind of thing rather than the the easy stuff because it's the easy stuff this is this was there all to see at the end of, at the end of the day if 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 that's racism, yeah, I'm not a racist, yeah. I, I know what you can say. I've got black friends, and I'm I'm not a racist, right? Now I need re-educating, and in that case, um, and I think most people in the world are going to have to be re-educating. We're all have to go back to school on what is racist and what isn't, because it's a very very watered down, marginal comment that was made, and a little picture cartoon was done, and people were flying off the handle. To, we all need going after. We're all going after back to school because we need to redraw the line in the sand on what's what's mm. what's acceptable and what isn't. If he if he gets a ban ban for that, that'd set a real precedent. That because it's it's been a joke in the past. And when you think of City's relationship with UEFA, part of that is because Yaya Torre, one of our own players, was racially abused, and they got less of a fine than a player lifting his top up to reveal a sponsor. Exactly. How can we take you seriously? as a, a organisation that are battling against racism when you're finding someone more for wearing a top with a sponsor on it than you are for fans monkey chanting. Yeah, you could say, oh, it's not the club's fault that the fans are like that, but it is because they should be dealing with their fans. Mm. They should be booting them out of the stadium. They should be given lifetime bans. They should never be allowed to step foot in a stadium again. And when they do give them this stupid little um, stadium, what is it, where they don't let them in? Um, yeah, close. Play it behind close. Yeah, yeah. and then the other f team's fans are punished for that as well that, that's not helping anyone well, we had it didn't we was it you you went to you and got in didn't you're you? talking about Moscow here that's where, right where yeah they have a few hundred fans in yeah there, there are about five or six I was there there was five or six hundred fans in quotes sponsors who were in there and City fans couldn't get in and that is ridiculous and for me if in the future, a team's supporters are found guilty of racial chanting or, or some misdemeanour, even if it's throwing flares or, or something else that's banned, then to me, the first thing you do is, if, if you're going to do anything, is close the section where that was, not a stadium closure, but the section where that was. So uh, if this was City, I know there's, there's no issues at City at the moment, touch wood, but if there was a, a problem in, in the block where... You stand, um, sorry, sit uh, for yeah. all the games, uh, Paul. <laughs> then, if that section, even though this would still lump a lot of people in with one offence, but if there was a, a major offence or offence or a group of people who were acting in, inappropriately, maybe that section then is closed for for a game. And then, if it continues on, you progress in that style. But ultimately, if you did decide to close a stadium because you felt it was a stadium-wide thing or nobody was taking you seriously, then I firmly believe, uh, I couldn't say this strongly enough, that the away the travelling fans from the other team should still be allowed in, Absolutely. even if you ban the home fans. It's it's that's should. punishing the, the home team more if you allow the away fans in. Because then it's like the, the, the away team have then in effect got home field advantage mm. at your stadium. Well, what, what's wrong with that? If, if, the, yeah, if, that's if, what I mean. I, yeah. I'm, I'm all for that. Yeah. Because then what you're doing is you're compounding the fact that they were bang out of order and you're punishing them even more by mm. allowing the opposition fans to come in. I, I'm all for that. 
Well, we'll see how this story with Bernardo Silva progresses. Uh, hopefully we won't have to talk about it on this podcast again because it's not something I want to talk about. And and certainly, you know, as you think about a subject like this, which you quite eloquently have, have put forward, Paul, it's so such um, a complex issue mm. in society, uh, not just the fact that, it, that this is uh, about race, but anything really. I mean, I've just been watching a TV programme about obesity before I came out here, and the wording of everything you can say around that is now becoming extremely sensitive. Yeah. People are sensitive about everything, and whilst I'm sure all of us agree that we try to be sensitive in in what we what we do and what we say it is a minefield you know i mean even me saying it's a minefield might offend yeah. somebody because a, a minefield is something that blows people up yeah. that wasn't meant to be offensive no. but 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 you have to pick your words so carefully in society these days that that one little slip you know and and suddenly you know you will you're, you're, you're viewed yeah. in a different way yeah even though yeah. And, and obviously Twitter, particularly when it's just you know a certain number of characters and everything, you never get things in context. I mean, when we speak on this podcast and we have an opinion, you spoke about Ford and I've spoke about Rodri and, and other contributors uh, talk about different things. Somebody is oh um, uh, Paul Paul had a go at Foden. He don't like him, and it's like that's it. You know that that yeah. that is what he's no. He didn't say that. Listen to the whole thing has to no be in context. context. There's no context on social media, is there? No, it's Not flat. It's flat. There's no three dimensions. There's no emphasis on wording. If you get your grammar wrong on on Twitter, which most people do because we ain't got a lot of letters, you know, we have to say all it, time. So, all frankly. time. You have to, you know, you have to put a message in as quick as you can. If you want to get your message in, you've got to delete commas and full stops sometimes and that can make the complete unless you're a, a, an English teacher or you know you're very literate then you can you can ruin your career by missing a comma out or an apostrophe or I something. can't tell you honestly my, uh, my wife sometimes picks me up on tweets that I do and she'll say what does that mean and mm. I look at it and I think it, yeah, it is yeah, actually well, gobbledygook yeah. but when I typed it it looked right it was fine yep. and even when I read it back but, uh, um, and, and this isn't an excuse, and, and obviously the stuff I've done is just a couple of gibberish words, nothing actually wrong with it as far as I'm aware, but it's because the when you're putting it into your phone or your tablet or whatever it might be, it anticipates what it thinks yeah, you want to write yeah. and then writes things that are different. In fact, I remember Stuart Brennan, who's a friend and colleague of mine who writes for the Evening News. I wish I could remember the incident because it would be a much better story. But he told me about a word that he'd written that came out completely different than the word he intended. <laughs> and it ended up being really funny. But imagine if that had been, if it had yeah. come out, just even five minutes, and, and it had turned out it was it was deeply offensive because of the, yeah. the way that that word had gone out. Nobody believed him. Yeah. Nobody would have believed him. And oh no, no, that's just an ex a convenient excuse. Yeah. It can happen. Yeah. Now I know that's going away from the, the the Bernardo Silver incident because clearly that was about a photograph, and he he picked it and he put it on the so so that, that, that that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm not trying to explain that tweet, but I'm just saying it is. A minefield. I've used that word again. A minefield. I mean, my my the used the pod band. The term the term when I was growing up was sticks and stones will break my bones, but names will never hurt me. I know that's simple. I know it's dead easy to say, but it's so much truth in that now that if you know people are looking 
when you say something, they're looking to be offended. They're analysing what people say to pick it out. So, to, so like, oh, that's I find that offensive. And everything we've said on here tonight, we could offend somebody if they don't take the whole thing in context and listen to how we've said it. If we're joking about something, and you know, you can't you can't put an expression in a voice or a, you know, we have emojis sometimes to because you can put something on Twitter. And then you have to put an emoji at the end of it to show that you were joking, because sometimes you put it out there. There's no, you can't put sarcasm on Twitter. You can't do it because unless you know the person you're tweeting to, it goes over their heads. It goes over their heads. And you know, if me and Ian put something on, and we always have a go at our friend John for eating food and all that, you know, and so we we know it, we get it. And it, but it's not offensive. But somebody seeing that might have a go. Oh, look at you bullying him because you know, no, because he's fat and all that. And mm. you know, he is fat. Well, he's not really, <laughs> no, see, he isn't. I'm joking. But do you know that? No, you don't. So, you know, that's what you've and got that, to look that's at. That's where I think Bernardo has to show a bit of intelligence to go. Okay, well. Mendy's going to take it as a joke, but in this society yeah. that we live in now, knowing the huge profile that he has and the amount of followers he has. Maybe he's just been a bit. The naive benefit to of think, hindsight oh, is a wonderful the, thing. Exactly, but he'll learn from it, and he's he's definitely all, not a racist, he's learned. is he? Maybe he, he has to take something learned. like a fine on the chin and a warning. But but a six match ban would just be ridiculous. Or if, in fact, a one match ban would a be a donation ridiculous. to the Kick It Out Fund or something. You know, as long as they're going to spend it in a better way than pursuing easy targets. The the, the question is, hey guys, look, Bernardo Silva probably even considered. Considered. Didn't cross his mind. Well, I've 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 kind of put things out before, not not anything like that, but I've put things out before, and I've even before I've posted it, thought, do I post that or not? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And you have that split second thought, and once you pressed it, you can delete the tweet, but all it needs is someone to screenshot it. Yeah. And then you're done. You know what I mean, send a text to the wrong, you know, wrong person, or say something We've wrong. We've all done that, haven't we? Send and, a text and, to the and, wrong and, person. And, yeah, and, you and, need and to change goes. my number, mate. You're frantically looking. You're frantically looking. Well, yeah, yeah, we've all sent one to you, Paul. Um, <laughs> scrolling down WhatsApp, looking for a delete button. Delete for you only. What? <laughs> Can you not delete for everyone? Has he already seen it? But it's one of them things. You you have that has been Adolf Silver thought, and then thought, nah. It's only going. You know, only Mendy's going to. He didn't even. No, but he wanted, He's not even. That hasn't crossed his mind. He's seen. He's where he's seen the picture from. I don't know. He's seen the picture. He's looked at it. It's a cartoon. And character. it does look like great, Portugal, isn't it? The cartoon isn't great. Well, if, you, if you've seen it, I have. It and I, you know what? I've got intelligence, and I looked at it, and I looked at it, and I thought, that's not like a a, a disgraceful. African uh, caricature of a of a black man from the 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 1950s with uh, big red lips because they keep going Although, about these big red to lips. To be fair, it does look a bit like that. It looks like yeah, mm. it does, but it it does actually look like Mendy. And when I saw it, I I can't even remember what I tweeted, but I tweeted something agreeing with him because it does look like Mendy. Oh, it's, like, it's like it's like it's like at football, you know, when you used to play Sunday League or something, and the opposition would have a quick a quick black winger. And somebody had said something like, "Oh, look, you're, you're like yesterday. Somebody said it at football. The opposition team. They went, um, oh, look today, like to our fullback. You're up against uh, you're up against Welbeck, and it's yeah. like he's not Welbeck, but Welbeck's black. Yeah. Are you only so saying that because so Welbeck's beat, black? Yeah. So you're yeah, comparing yeah. him directly to another black player. Yeah. He's not actually called Welbeck. No. He's got no relation to him whatsoever. No. 
Is that racist? I know. You're calling I mean, the other black I must so admit, when I was commentating, you know, in the days when I used to commentate all the time, um, obviously on the radio, one of the things that you do is you describe the people. You can describe what's in front of you. And and I suppose this comes back down to where you started this all, Matty, about knowing the world that we live mm. in. Mm. Because um, I very deliberately never referred to a player as being black. I would refer to them as having red hair or being, uh, you know, uh, tall or long Why, hair, anything, but I would never refer to them as black because I knew that somebody yeah. would pick that out and it. see that if as offensive. If the ball, you wouldn't be like the white midfielder, would you? Like, so what, what's the need to say it to, about someone? Well, that, that, that's a fair point, but the point is that it, it's sensitive. Yeah, you've got and, and so therefore, yeah. uh, men, uh, uh, Bernardo, whilst we're all agreeing that, that the reaction to it has been over the top, probably. I think that's what we're all saying, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, that mm. that he still should have had. Now, now, is this because he's a, a you know footballer who lives in a bubble? You know that 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 doesn't think like we do. Or maybe seem we, like a footballer, we, does he? Seems like a human being. Well, maybe really maybe in truth being. we could have all made the same mistake. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but anyway, let, let's hope. Let's draw a line under it there. And I mean, there was a classic. What you just said there was a classic example of a recent commentator, and they described him on radio, I think, as big, black, and powerful, or something. Famous, uh, was it John? See, Watson? I would have just said big and powerful. Was it John yeah. Motson? Yeah, it was John Motson on uh, Sky Sports, and at the time. I didn't think anything of it, but then when it got it came out, I just thought he's gonna get he's gonna get murdered for that. He's gonna get dragged through the coals for Hang that. Hang on, right? Whoa, whoa, whoa! Remember what's been happening in the yeah, in, sorry, in the House yeah. of Commons. Very humble. He's not gonna get murdered for it. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that, I meant to say dragged over the coals and vilified. Even dragging over the coals could be could be. That's true. So he, yeah. He's gonna get told off for that. Yeah, he's gonna That's get done. Smack bottom. Yeah, as my mum would say, he's gonna get done. That's violent punishment. You can't say that. You can't say that either. See what I mean? It's a minefield. Right. Let's conclude the point, don't we? Let's let's conclude the podcast by talking about the Champions League are we on safe ground with that um, Zagreb at home it's quite uh, intense that weren't it then? Uh, would you go with your strongest possible 11 against Zagreb and, and, and win this and do you think that then sort of puts to bed the, the Champions League um, or do you rotate and do you think well, hang on a minute we've got a home game against Wolves at the weekend got to save you know and, and m- m- move players around and, and I'm guessing that because of the side that was picked at Everton and comparing it with the side that was picked at Preston, that we might see Bernardo, depending on his obviously where he is in his head, and David Silva starting, and maybe you know a couple of other changes like that because um, Pep seems to have come to the conclusion that David can't play twice in a week, you know, and and that that that's how he's going to keep everybody happy. I'd I'd, I'd maybe start um, Garcia in this um, against Zagreb. I'd start Garcia instead of. Well, I'd start Garcia and, and Fernandinho, or I'd start Garcia and Otamendi. Yeah, right. I'd start Garcia and Otamendi, and obviously I was critical of Otamendi the other week. I didn't think he had a great game at all against Watford. Uh, against Watford, against um, not against Watford, we beat Watford eight 0 Norwich. Norwich, against Norwich, Norwich. Obviously, Pookie, Campwell. There you go. I'm back. Harlan's back. Big gaff there. You've, you've blocked that defeat out of your yeah, head. Yeah, I did. You? Yeah, um, but yeah, I thought that Otamendi was was um, shambolic against them in uncertain terms. Um, but I'd give him another chance um, against <coughs> Zagreb, and maybe maybe it's Otamendi that needs to be tested with another partner. 
So that's my reasoning behind why I'd try somebody else next to him, just to see whether Fernandinho is actually papering over the cracks by being next to Otamendi and whether he's making Otamendi look better. But isn't that a risk against Zagreb in only his second game in the group? It, it could be a risk, but I still feel very confident that we can win the game anyway. And if push comes to shove and it isn't working, I can't see us being too far behind before we can eventually change it back and revert back to what we would have probably picked if we left Garcia out of the squad. So is that your only change? Oh, what about you, Matty? Uh, yeah, I'd like to see Garcia start as well. I don't, I don't mind whether it's Fernandinho or Otamendi that plays with him. I guess playing Fernandinho there in the first place is a risk. So, I'd like to see Garcia come in. Cancelo, I'd like to see him start. Uh, Mendy, if he's fit, it'd be good to see him. I think City can, are in a position where we can rotate and still look like an unbelievably strong side. And obviously. When you look at the games like Norwich, when De Bruyne didn't start, everyone goes, oh, you've got to play your best team. But realistically, on paper, that team should have wiped the floor with Norwich. They've lost to Burnley and mm-hmm. Palace since then because they were full of injuries as well. So if City are to play Garcia and it all goes terribly wrong, people are going, no, start Fernandinho and Otamendi. But if he starts and has a really great game, he pushes forward his chances of becoming a first-team regular. And, and it's a positive to see a youngster coming through. So... I'd like to see him start and then I'm happy with whoever else comes in. Do we assume that Aguero, having been not started mm-hmm. in the last two games, starts against Zagreb? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 100%. I'd like to see, um, as I say, Rodri in the back with Otamendi in this game and then put Fernandinho in midfield <laughs> again. I'd like to see that. If we're going to experiment a little bit, I'd like to see that one. Um, well, so you basically use what was on the pitch. Just moving uh, around yesterday, the, yeah. just shuffling yeah, yeah. about a bit, just to see. And what Zinchenko the as well. I don't know. I, I don't. I take Gundo out for David. Yeah. But yeah. Apart from that, yeah. And I, and, I, and I think yeah, I think I'd definitely play Mendy um, over Zinchenko, and I'd like to see. I'd like to see Cancelo. I think. I think. I yeah, think, I don't know what's going on. I think there, Zinchenko. Going back to what Ian said right at the start of the podcast tonight, with regards to Fernandinho uh, and the goal that was scored, and the fact that you said they were getting in behind too easily. I think you said that as well, Ian. Uh, and the fact that Fernandinho and Otamendi seemed a bit stretched at times, I think that was mainly down to the fact that Fernandinho, or whoever's playing in the left centre-back spot, doesn't trust Zinchenko as much this season and feels like they have to come across and mm. dig him out of trouble. And that's the reason why Laporte, in effect, is out of action now for six months. Wow, interesting uh, point of view, that. And, and that one brings this podcast to a conclusion. Uh, we're, we're, our next podcast will be recorded a day later than normal because our normal procedure is to record it on a Sunday evening after a Saturday game. Next weekend, City play Wolves on the Sunday, so we'll be recording on the Monday evening. So just bear that in mind. If if you're not already a subscriber, of course, subscribe, and then you'll know when the podcast comes out. Give us five-star ratings on whatever platform you download on. And when you see me tweet out the link, spread the word as well so that everybody knows about the podcast. But thanks very much for listening. Thanks very much to Tameside Radio, part of the Quest Media Group, who uh, are hosts for uh, this podcast. Um, So thanks very much to them. They're based in Ashton, and I I do quite a bit of stuff on Tameside Radio. I do a a nightly show at 8 o'clock, which is 80s music. So that's very different from the sport that I normally do. That's the decade you were born in, eh? Uh, (laughs) I wish. 1880s. (laughs) And also, next Saturday, um, Gail Redstone, who was a guest on this this show um, a few weeks ago, 
uh, and may well come on again. Um, I've been talking to her about her life and career, and that goes out between one and two this coming Saturday on Tameside Radio. So thanks to Tameside Radio. Thanks very much, of course, to charleslouis.co.uk, who are chartered mortgages advisors, who are run by Dave. So have a word with him if you've got any issues on that. And thanks very much to Paul, to Matty, to Harlan, and to Will who's the silent uh, member of the team, who sits in the background, does the filming and puts up with us and acts as... Yeah, as, 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 as our sounding board and all sorts of stuff. What else can we say about him? Keep anyway, you guys, keep it coming. <laughs> it looks like Rolando Bianchi, I think, as well. Let's. Uh, yeah, there is a bit of Rolando yeah, Bianchi. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, Martini Bianchi. Uh, obviously, uh, I was at dinner the other night, actually, where, um, where, where Paul was described as uh, part of a Right Said Fred tribute act, <laughs> yeah. which uh, also seems to be quite. Fitting. I think he looks like Fred Dibner. Every time I look out my window. I think Paul stood outside. Thanks for listening, folks. This has been... uh, (laughs) (laughs) We'll be here again to to insult Paul next week uh, uh, on the next Forever Blue podcast. Thanks very much for listening.